James 1. We're going to start reading in verse number 1. <clears throat> James, uh, so I'm reading from the Amplified Bible this time. So you're going to have a little bit more words. But there's some things that it says. There's something that I want you to, to know that, that I do. Some people don't like doing this. They like to read from King James because if King James was good enough for Jesus and his disciples, it was good enough for them. That's about the way that they think about it. But thank God for the King James Version. But I thank God for other versions also. But you should, you should read in the King James Bible. You should go back to it. But I read in the New King James. I read in, read in the Passion. I read in the NLT. I read in many different ones. And the one I'm going to read right in now is the Amplified. So, James 1, starting in verse number 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in the dispersion. Greetings. Here was his greeting. Rejoice. 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 When it seemed like everything is going against you, rejoice. He says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bringing out endurance and steadfastness and patience. You're being developed. Yes, yes. See, if you look at things wrongly, you'll always come up with the wrong equation. You've got to look at things right to come out with the right answer. Yes. Let me say that again. You've got to look at things right to come out with the right answer. And here, James is encouraging the people because when you're going through something and dealing with something, it's quite easy to start adding up wrongly. And God gives us up. God's got a better math. He's got better math. He's got math that will bring you through. And he's got math that will give you victory. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. Yes, amen. I got to stop right here just a second. Yes, to produce a normal, healthy baby, it takes nine months for development. They are babies that are born way before that. There's children that are born with birth. Defects. I'm not here to talk anything negative about any of those situations. 
I'm here just to draw our attention to something that God is using in His Word to help us to see something clearly. If you were a nine-month baby, they called you full term. Full term. Holly was born several weeks early. Thank God she's still mature and beautiful. Amen. But I'm, I'm wanting to say something to us from the Word of God. When James is encouraging the people about counting it in joy when they were going through something that they would rather not go through. See, a mother would rather not go through the transition period of that birthing process. But she has to go through that transition in a normal birth in order for that child to be delivered. Because she can't carry that child in her body for the rest of her life. There was a due season, a due time for that child to arrive. And God's got some things that He wants to do in our lives. And a lot of times we think that if we go through something, there's something wrong with us. True? What's wrong with my faith? If I had strong enough faith, I wouldn't be dealing with this. And we start adding things up incorrectly. And when we start adding things up incorrectly, we, came, we come up with the wrong answers. And God is saying something totally different here in this verse of Scripture. He says, just because you are going through something, it's no sign that you're doing something wrong. But I want you to see something that even though you're dealing with something you'd rather not be dealing with, you have the ability inside of you to count it all joy. Amen. Because there's somebody in you that's greater than yourself. Amen. Amen. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And there's a strength and there's a power that resides inside of you that's bigger than you are yourself. So, don't cut yourself short. Now, don't pray that a situation would just be prolonged so that you can get out, get out. But I can tell you this. When I was going through the worst time in my life, and it seemed like my whole life was falling apart, there was something that I asked the Lord. I said, rock while I'm on this operating table. I said, if there's some other junk that needs to be gotten out of me, I said, let's get it out. How, how sanctified do you want to be before the Lord? How cleansed do you want to be before the Lord? Are you willing to open up your heart, to expose your heart, to expose yourself to him, or are we trying to hide things and cover them up? Now, there's something about tests and trials, and they they will they will expose things. Cause when everything is going well, 
It's easy for us to pull the wool over somebody else's eyes, but who were we trying to impress? God sees it all. Well, I just don't want my neighbors to find out about me. What you should be fearing, and we should be fearing, is that God sees it. And the thing of it is, God's, God's already saw it. He's already knows it. He already knows it. Let's read on a little bit. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of God, the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given to him. Now, if God looks at us with a heart and eyes like this, that's not fault finding and not grudgingly and not reproaching, do you think that same characteristic and attitude should be in us as believers? Yes, we're disciples of Jesus. His characteristics need to be in us. If this is the characteristic of God and we're children of God, we should be displayed. That's not a condemnation when we're coming, when we see ourselves coming up short. But it is setting a goal and a standard that don't you set yourself on no standard that doesn't meet up to God's standard. Allow yourself to exercise and to develop so that we can grow into the one that can bring much glory to God. Only it must be in faith that he ask with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let no, not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks. There is no answer to that person's prayer. He won't receive what he asked for from the Lord. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, devious, irresolute, he is unstable and reliable and unreliable and uncertain in everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places and ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory 
to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning, that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, here was a group of people that were uprooted from their, from their homes, from their communities, from their churches, from their friends, gone into places that they weren't familiar with. And James is sent by the Holy Spirit to encourage these people. And he starts out with things like this. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, tests and trials. And you say, man, we ought to take and stone you to death for saying things like that. You just don't know what we're having to deal with. But I want you to notice this. This is a Holy Spirit inspired message. It wasn't just James's idea. This was God's idea through the Apostle James to bring a word of encouragement and a word of direction to the body of Christ, to God's people. And if God's people then, almost 2,000 years ago, needed that encouraging message, do you think that it would be a pertinent message for us today? Yes. Count it all joy. Because you find yourself in situations sometimes in life that you'd rather not be in. True? You'd rather not be in. But if you're going to deal with those those places that you'd rather not be in and come out on top or develop in the process, there's some things that he's saying that's, that the Holy Spirit is injecting here that if we will do it, we will get the outcome or the sum or the equation will start making some sense. Because a lot of times when you can't explain something and you don't understand something that's happening, it's easy for your mind to go off in many different directions. You could have somebody that thinks that they got a splinter in their finger. And if they don't understand the process with the splinter in their finger with, and the pain, they think that they're going to die. Because just the, you say, well, you ain't going to die. It's just a splinter. But the mind can play some severe tricks on people when they don't understand something that's taking place. Now, I, I was telling some of them in the class this morning, when our children were, were, were born, there were something that were, there were Lamaze classes, natural childbirth classes that were taught at the time. You know, there's, there's different fads and different things that go through culture. You know, there's, there's times that there's people was given up. Epidurals, saddle walks. But there was, a, there was a day and a time when women had no alternative 
ways of dealing with something. And when it was time for a baby to be delivered, there weren't nothing to do but come on and let's go. Because this baby was coming. And you say, you, you, you see different things and hear different stories about uh, somebody delivering a baby on the side of the road. A police officer having to deliver a baby. Wouldn't it be nice if everything just happened just the way that it was supposed to happen and a textbook way? Well, let me say this. Who wrote the textbook? Who wrote the textbook? See, when that baby... <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy. You know, things make sense when everything is textbook. But you know, everything about life ain't textbook. But it's amazing to me that when he's talking about going through various tests and trials, that in that same text, that he starts talking about wisdom. And you say, well, Lord, it ain't wisdom that I need. It's the deliverance that I need. Duh. But do you know that wisdom has a part to play in every different situation that you face in life because it's easy for us to come up with our sums in the equation and we may miss the whole equation of what God is really trying to show us and we can see this in a lot of different areas that we're faced with in life if we had the choice because some of the places that we find ourselves in, we didn't choose to be in. So when we find ourselves in a place that we cho didn't choose to be in, it's easy for us a lot of times to take our finger and start pointing at people, at God. If this hasn't what hadn't happened, I wouldn't be in this place. What? Robert's got some profound words, my brother Rob. You know what his you know what his famous words are? Not none of that, but this is where you're at. This is where you're at. Now, when you find out that this is where you're at, what are you going to do with where you're at? Because you're going to have to do something with it, and you're going to have to make a choice. And I'm going to have to make a choice the way that I'm going to deal with it. And wisdom makes better choices than stupidity. Can, you, can I get an amen? amen. Yeah. Wisdom makes better choices than stupidity or ignorance. And he's saying something here to the people that you thought that this place that you were in was there to destroy you. But I'm going to show you how I can take this thing and I can turn it around. And even though you'd rather not be in it, I'm going to show you how something powerful and strong and good can come out of it. Now, have you been through some hard places in your life and God has shown himself faithful to you? And you found out that you had grown more? Yes. You're not the same person that you were. But if you had a choice, you wouldn't have chosen that path to walk in. But some of the things that we deal with in life are the choosing 
of other, choosings of other people. They had a part to play in some of the decisions that may have affected us. And it's easy to become hurt. It's easy to become bitter. It's easy to become disillusioned. And God says, and it's amazing to me that he says when you find yourself in places like this, don't say, God did this to me. He said, because God doesn't tempt anybody with evil. evil. He can't be tempted with evil. And you can mark it down. The last thing that he wants his children to do is to fail. Let me ask you this as a parent. Do you want your children to fail? No, you don't. You want them to succeed in every venture that they take, in every endeavor that they take. You want them to succeed. Do you think God is any less caring than we are? Or are we higher than God? That's good preaching right there. Because a lot of times with situations and circumstances, we think that sometimes that we're smarter than he is. But he says here that when you find yourself in these places, he says, it's amazing to me that he shifts over. But is he really shifting over or showing us something that we need when we're in the temptation and the test and the trial? You know, there's something that I have found out in life. This is something that I didn't know at a younger age that I know more about now than I did then. And one word that will help a lot of church people, Christian people, unsaved people to stay out of a lot of the problems that they find themselves in is this magic word, no. To be able to say no when I need to say no. <clears throat> and able to say yes when I need to say yes. And the ability to know the difference between the two. Just like <coughs> two people that think they're passionately in love and they're getting ready to do something that's not pleasing to God, but it's pleasing to their flesh. And that word, no, pop up. Here was a picture I heard one time. It said this woman, this, this girl and this boy was in the, in the house. And things was getting all hot between them. And he says, I can't wait. Her mom and daddy pull up in the driveway in the car. He finds out. He can wait. No powerful word. Let this man or woman who's lacking wisdom, because wisdom is the principal thing, he says in Proverbs, therefore get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Why does God say things that he says in the word? 
Why does he say things that he says to us in life? He said, if a man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, one of the things that we might say is, why in the world am I in this predicament that I'm in? And a lot of times we will find ourselves in predicaments in life because we have made choices that have put us in a place that we'd rather not be in. That's not always the case, but a lot of times it is the case. He said, because when we're tempted, we're led away by our own lusts and impulse. I've got to have this, and it's only 50 easy payments. 50, not even payments, they're installments. And now, how did I find myself in this much debt? Well, it was it just, it sounded like it was a pretty good deal. But I didn't know that what I missed, it was 90 days, same as cash. So I decided to do this. And then I couldn't make the payments. And I found out that it was 20 some percent interest. And you don't know what 20 some percent interest until you had to pay 20 some percent interest. And you weren't making no payment, all you were doing was paying interest. But it was just these little monthly installments. When a man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Do we all need wisdom? Let me ask you this. Do you need the wisdom of God? Yes. The wisdom of God will cause you to think and act and to respond differently than you would if you didn't have the wisdom of God. But he says something else that's so profound here. He says when a man finds himself in that place and he asks for wisdom, Know this about God. Know this about God. Because brothers and sisters, there's a lot of fingers that's pointed at God. And God has been the fall guy for a lot of the problems that's taken place in this world. He's been the fall guy for a lot of things that's taken place in our life. Even as Christians, he's been, a lot, he's been the fall guy for a whole lot of these things. But I want us to see something about the character and the nature of God. And if we, if we don't get this and understand this about him, a lot of times we'll still keep slipping back into these here mind, these thoughts of him that we may have or somebody else suggests about him. Because if you don't know, you don't know. But if we don't know, we can find out. And God wants us to find out. Only it must be in faith. Asking without wavering, without hesitating. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts is like the blowing surge of the sea that is blown hither and thither by the waves, waves toss. Back up one verse. For if, you, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of God. And this, I want you to catch the nature of God here. Let the word of God paint this picture. 
Let this word of God renew our minds so that we think about God as here he is with his big fly swatter. Here he is with his big club. Here he is with his big hand and he's just going to squash me when I do wrong because he's just so holy and he's just so perfect. Brothers and sisters, let's catch this heart of God. If any of you, and that's including me, and you, is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of God, the giving God, not the stingy God, the giving God, the giving God. Who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly. No strings attached. Without reproaching and fault finding. You stupid thing. How did, how did you do something so, so stupid and get yourself in such a mess? How many has heard that preached at home? How many has heard words like that? It's your own stupid fault. You made your bed and now you lay in it. I've made some beds, but I sure thankful I ain't laying in them now. Anybody, can anybody agree with me? Yes, I have made some stupid decisions, but I thank God I ain't laying in them now. I found out my God ain't like that. My Father is not like that. Now, does my father want me to keep making the same ignorant mistake over and over and over again? Absolutely not. That's not wisdom. Wisdom doesn't keep making the same mistake and expect the outcome to be different. Wisdom knows what to change, when to change it, where to change it, how to change it. And when I do these things, the outcome changes. Oh, it's so amazing how this stuff works. But catch the nature of the Father. Because if we don't catch the nature of the Father, we'll miss out on a lot of what He's saying to us. Just as we've got to catch the nature of the Father, you need to see how your own nature changes and develops as you grow in the things of God. Because there were things that he put up with and there were things that you put up with about yourself at one time in your life but as you grow and develop you won't, you'll make yourself accountable. That you won't put up with those same things that you put up, am I preaching right? That you put up with at one time in your life. Or that you justified at one time in your life. So finding out the nature of God and then if I go to him and I ask him for wisdom, Lord, I'm just, I'm just being persecuted and I'm having to deal with this. And he says, you don't think you need wisdom in that? There's not a situation or a circumstance or anything that you deal with in life that you don't need wisdom. Well, now a lot of times when everything is going along good, 
We think that we can just do anything that we want to. But when things ain't going along good and there's a lot more checks and balances, then we start being accountable. But you know, a lot of times if we were more accountable in the good times, we'd have more to work with in the bad times. Is that true? So he says, if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives ungrudgingly, liberally, without fault finding. And he says, but let him ask in faith or not doubting what he's asking. Well, I said it, but I didn't really mean it. I was just saying that because that's what I was supposed to say. What happens when we do things like that, brothers and sisters, and there's a pressure that comes on? We forget what we've even asked him. And we start getting our eyes on the situation instead of on what he says. Now here's a picture. I remember this. I ain't never shared this before. But when I was going through separation, my marriage falling all apart, and it was a, a, it was a pretty long process in my emotional state that I was dealing with. But I remember one day, I would, you know, a lot of times when, when something comes to you, you can remember where, where it was at. I was just getting on the Edenton, on the Edenton side of the Sound Bridge. And I felt these words inside said, let her go. And I said, Lord, I can't let her go. I'm believing her, believing that my marriage is going to be restored. And these words were, let her go. And a lot of times, and this is something we've got to learn to, to catch for ourselves. Who am I listening to? Am I listening to God or am I listening to the devil? Because the devil will shoot you a curve in there just like God's going to shoot you a straight ball. And I, for a long, long time, I thought that that was the devil telling me to let her go because he didn't want my marriage to work out. I truly thought that. Now here, 25 years later, I still look back and I evaluate and look honestly at some of those words. And that word right there in particular. Because 25 years almost Ago, I couldn't see nothing but this one way that it had to work. And a lot of times when we get in situations in life, we don't see but one way that something can be done. And for me to give up on what I was believing would be turning loose of the promise of God. 
And I didn't want to turn loose of the promise of God. But I have to ask myself, now did I, was that a word from my head? Was that a word from the enemy? Was that a word from God? Because, <clears throat> Rita, I knew all of the right words to say. But she didn't want to hear them. I'm not talking about her right now. I'm talking about me. I knew all of the right words to say. I felt like I knew all of the right. You, do, you see the little rascals? And they made their car. And it, it, it's this box with wheels on it. And they've got things that they drove up here. The screws and nails and stuff. The little knobs and all. And it's like I knew all of the right knobs to turn. And I knew all of the right strings to pull. But I couldn't make my car run for nothing. And I found myself living in a place that I had rather not be in. And it was a place that I can honestly say that came as close to killing me naturally as anything that has ever affected me in my life. Now when I think about these here words and I can sit back and look at it, was that the grace of God speaking to me that day saying, let her go? Because if I could have made her stay, I'd have made her stay before. There's something that we have to realize in relationships. You ain't the oldest person that's involved in it. There is another side. And I took all of the responsibility and I took all of the blame. And I beat myself up heavily because of trying to save something that, that I believe was a word from God to let it go. Because you know, there's a thing of letting something go and placing it in the hands of God. And there's another thing of letting something, letting something go and you holding on to it. And a lot of times in church, we do the second one. We let it go, but we keep holding on to it. We're trusting God, but we're really not trusting God. We're trusting God as far as we know how to trust Him. This is where wisdom comes in. To know the difference between the two. And I can, I'm here today. There was a time that I had to do what that word told me to do. I had to let it go. I had to let it go. Wisdom knows the difference between the two. And I believe God would have saved me a lot of agony if I'd have listened to him to start with. But I thought that if I listened to that word, I'd have been turning loose of my faith in believing God for restoration. You know, there's some things, brothers and sisters, and different decisions and all that you have to make. 
This is wisdom talking now. You have to take it and place it in the hands of God and allow Him to do what only He can do. Because you can carry it and what it will do, it will have it will wreak havoc on your joy. Because there will be none or very little because the focus is on the wrong thing that you're carrying. And it's the wisdom of God to know how to roll those things over on Him, to trust in, to rely on, to put our assurance in Him. A lot of times we won't do that because we don't think that He will take it. But if he's good to his word in one area, is he good to his word in another area? This is good preaching. That he talks about wisdom right here in the middle of a temptation and a test and a trial. Because he wants us to roll that over on him. And David carried a whole lot that I don't think that David should have had to carry. If David would have listened to the voice and been able to discern the voice and be able to separate. Because if God's going to be working in it, I've got to roll it over on him anyway. True? You've got to roll it over on him anyway. You're going to find yourself in different places in, in life. Different situations and circumstances. Nobody else may be dealing with them at all. Or at that particular time. And you're going to have to learn to rightly divide. Just like, just as all of us are learning to rightly divide things. And separate things and get the wisdom of God. Because let me, let me, let me say something to us. There's a, a lot of times we only see one side of the problem or one side of the situation and there's more there's more things are more complex a lot of times than we think that they are and it takes the wisdom of God to be able to separate to understand what he's saying to us in a situation and let me throw one other thing You will find you don't know what he's doing what he's doing in somebody else's life. See, in a marriage relationship, it takes more than just changing my mind. And it takes more than just changing my heart. It takes there's another side. There's another side. And you can't, ever, you can't ever factor out that other side. But let me say, wisdom never factors out God. Amen. Now, almost 25 years later, look at my answer. My answer is totally, my, it's, it's totally different than what I ever imagined or ever thought 
could even take place. Allow God to do his job. And let God allow you to do your job. And don't, I, I was telling somebody at work, I was saying, we don't need to muddy this water up. We need to keep this thing clear. I said, my wife don't like going swimming in a place that she can't see her feet. And if you muddy up the water, you can't see your feet. You don't know what's down there. But if we will let wisdom have its perfect work, there'll be things that at one time we didn't even have any inclination that it could be like this. And God turns something totally around. I don't know if I'm anywhere close to my message that I was going to preach. Because I was going to talk about the difference between faith and grace. But I have spoken more about it than probably what we think that we've heard. But I do want to talk about it, but not right now. Can I get an amen? <laughs> there may be some things this morning that you are looking at one way. But we don't need our way of looking at it. We need wisdom's way of looking at it. Wisdom is God's way of looking at it. And be open to what he says. Because he may show you some things that you didn't really think were even in the equation. Even in the equation. Because wisdom sees things the way that God sees them. Because God is wisdom. I want us to take just a few minutes and I want us to talk and be honest with the Lord. There may be some things that you need to roll over on him. There may be something that you're dealing with right now and you need to get his heart. You need the wisdom. The wisdom in how to deal with it or how to see it correctly. Because one of the things that happens when we don't see it correctly, we take all of the load. We take all of the blame. We take all of the responsibility on us. And we're never designed to take what we're not supposed to take. Amen? Mm -hmm. So, take a few minutes. If you want to come up to the altar, you can. If you want to just pray and just seek, you can. But let's talk to the Lord a few minutes. And open your heart to it.